the noon report from Family Life, bringing a Christian worldview to what's happening in New York, Pennsylvania, across the country, and around the world. Weather with Kevin Williams, plus special features and reports with the Family Life News team. Now, here's what's happening. November thaw. Good afternoon. Welcome to the broadcast. If you're looking forward to some milder weather, look no farther than this week, folks. We've got a nice warm-up on the way. After a frosty start this morning, temperatures will be tickling 60 degrees by Thursday with a ton of sun to boot. Kevin Williams has your workweek forecast coming up. The U.S. military carried out a third round of airstrikes overnight against targets in Syria tied to Iran. The attacks were aimed at a safe house and a training facility. Correspondent David Martin. The strikes against two separate targets in Syria up the ante in this simmering battle between the U.S. and Iranian-backed militias, which have conducted dozens of attacks against American troop locations. Former CIA station chief Dan Hoffman. The Biden administration's been very careful about walking up that escalation ladder and these latest strikes, uh, which reportedly killed Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps militants. That's another step. Meantime, civilians remain trapped in Gaza City at the largest hospital in the Palestinian territory as the war between Israel and Hamas rages on. That hospital is said to be without power today. Correspondent Deborah Pada. In Gaza City, fierce street-to-street battles around several hospitals, including the largest Al-Shifa now a front line. Doctors and nurses work in torchlight in a health system that is on its knees. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan thinks hospitals should be off limits in this war. The United States does not want to see firefights in hospitals where innocent people, patients receiving medical care, are caught in the crossfire. The Israeli army accuses Hamas of using hospitals as staging grounds to conduct military operations against the Jewish state. Israeli Prime Minister Bibi Netanyahu explains why he's opposed to the Palestinian Authority assuming power in Gaza once Hamas is no more. There has to be a reconstructed civilian authority. There has to be something else. Otherwise, we're just falling into that same rabbit hole. And we're going to have the same result. Remember, the PA was already in Gaza. When Israel left Gaza, it handed the keys over to the PA. And what happened? Within a very short time, Hamas took over, kicked them out. They weren't willing to fight Hamas. They're still not willing to fight Hamas. Netanyahu rejecting calls for a ceasefire until Hamas releases all the hostages. Republican White House hopeful Chris Christie spent the weekend in Israel getting a first-hand look at this war. I want the people of Israel to know that there are hundreds of millions of Americans who stand with them, uh, who understand the atrocities that were committed. Christie's the first Republican presidential candidate to visit Israel since the October 7th terrorist attack. Tim Scott headed for the exits. He quoted scripture during his departure from presidential politics yesterday. All things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. I think the message is clear for me right now. The South Carolina Republican senator announcing on Fox News he has suspended his presidential campaign. I think the voters who are the most remarkable people on the planet have been really clear that they're 
telling me not now, Tim. Political analyst Larry Sabato. I think he emerges from this undamaged, which a lot of candidates can't say. Uh, but at the same time, he just wasn't making the progress you have to make at this late date. Scott was the only unmarried candidate in the GOP field and recently announced he has a girlfriend, a Secret Service agent tasked with protecting the president's granddaughter, fired shots at suspects attempting to break into an unmarked agency vehicle. The agent involved was assigned to Naomi Biden's detail. Secret Service agents witnessed three people breaking a window on a parked and unoccupied vehicle in Georgetown last night. The federal agent opened fire. The suspects fled the scene. The Secret Service says no one was hit by gunfire, and that incident is currently under investigation. This Friday is the deadline for Congress to avoid a government shutdown. House Speaker Mike Johnson's proposed a two-step solution to keep Uncle Sam open for business. There's nothing magical or, or mysterious about it. It would just be effectively two phases. But Democrats don't like it. New Jersey Senator Chris Murphy. I don't like this laddered CR approach. It looks gimmicky to me, but I'm open to what the House is talking about. Speaker Johnson's laddered approach does not include money for Israel, Ukraine, or the border. Those spending priorities must be considered in a separate funding bill. President Biden meets Wednesday in San Francisco with China's leader Xi Jinping. It's the communist head of state's first trip to the U.S. in five years. Several Americans whose loved ones are being wrongfully detained in China are requesting the president bring up human rights abuses during that meeting. These Americans are just being arbitrarily taken by the Chinese for doing nothing wrong. Harrison Lee's father serving a 10-year prison sentence in China on trumped-up charges of espionage. These are not cases that happened yesterday. This is day number 2,622 for my dad. This has been happening for far, far too long, and that's something that the president needs to make abundantly clear to President Xi. One of the Americans being wrongfully detained faces possible execution. Another, a pastor, has been in prison in China since 2006. Fires forced a major detour in one of the most congested cities in America. Correspondent Carter Evans reports from L.A. The infamous traffic in Los Angeles is about to get a lot worse after a massive fire so hot it melted metal guardrails burned for hours underneath the I-10 this weekend. The fire roared through industrial storage lots, burning up wooden pallets and parked cars. The intense heat damaging concrete support pillars, 300,000 drivers depend on it for their daily commutes. It's so bad Governor Gavin Newsom declared a state of emergency. Iceland's evacuated an entire town south of the capital Reykjavik because it could be destroyed by a volcanic eruption. The town was evacuated after magma started shifting beneath the earth. That triggered hundreds of earthquakes. The rumblings caused cracks in roads and even damaged some buildings there in Iceland. The Rockefeller Center Christmas tree has arrived in the Big Apple. It came from Vestal, New York over the weekend and is now ready for decorating. Rocking around the Christmas tree at the Christmas party hop. 
The 80-foot-tall Norway spruce arrived in New York City Saturday and will soon be decked out with more than 50,000 LED lights and topped with a 9-foot, 900-pound Swarovski star covered in 3 million crystals. The official tree lighting ceremony happens Wednesday, November 29th. I'm Trey Thomas. Thank you, Trey. And still to come on the Noon Report, New York graduation requirements. Boy Scouts collect supplies for Israel and the Bills need a win in prime time tonight. Well, good afternoon to all. I'm Kevin Williams. Temperatures are moderating now from the early day chill. I've got the complete forecast up and coming in 10 minutes. All right, Kevin, see you then. Proposed changes to New York high school graduation requirements being revealed today in Albany. The New York State Board of Regents releasing its recommendations. Dwight Bonk is a school superintendent from Dutchess County. We need to change the manner in which we evaluate our students. The fact of the matter that, you know, some students are, aren't able to graduate based on 13 years of education on how they do on a three-hour Regents exam, uh, I, I don't believe is appropriate. Currently, high schoolers need to pass four regions exams to get their diploma. The new recommendations may include getting rid of those exams or allowing students to have more of a say in what they must do to graduate. The Buffalo Bills face a must-win scenario tonight as they take on the Denver Broncos on Monday Night Football at Highmark Stadium. Here's Bills insider Vic Carucci. For five games now, this team has not looked good enough to compete beyond the regular season, and I I think they're at a point where losing against the Broncos would be a tipping point, would put them where you would now believe they're just not going to make it to the postseason. Kickoff in Buffalo set for 8-15 this evening on ABC and ESPN. Western New York Congressman Brian Higgins says he will resign from Congress the first week of February 2024. Congress is not the institution that I went to 19 years ago. It's a very different place today. New York's fourth longest serving House member stepping down to become president of the Shays Performing Arts Center in Buffalo. I didn't go to Washington 19 years ago to change the world. I went there to change my community. And I think that we have uh, in many, many ways. Higgins 26th Congressional District covers all of Buffalo and the surrounding suburbs. A 43-year-old Horseheads New York man is facing serious charges today after police found explosives in his home on South Main Street. The suspect, Michael Hilliard, was arrested over the weekend. That's when authorities also discovered explosives aboard a U-Haul truck in the town of Newfield, and there's more. Another explosive device was recovered a week earlier on November 6th in the town of Veteran and all are linked to this guy, Michael Hilliard of Horseheads, New York. Dozens gathered yesterday at the Pennsylvania Capitol for a rally to remember the hundreds of hostages taken by Hamas in Israel. Dave Cohen is president of the Jewish Federation of Greater Harrisburg. 240 mothers, children, grandmothers were waking up one morning just to live their day, having breakfast, most of them, and were taken. Spencer Markowitz grew up in Harrisburg and was in Israel the morning of October 7th. Obviously, the tragedy that occurred on October 7th was very hard to stomach, very terrible. And so to see communities like Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, you know, come together to take time and address this and respect this and raise money for the effort to get them home, it's very great to see. Nine Americans among the 200-plus civilians taken by Hamas in what Israel calls its 9 
9-11. New York Republican Congressman Mike Lawler is criticizing those who are calling for a ceasefire. Hamas is not some organization that is going to abide by a ceasefire. They are bent on eradicating the state of Israel. Israel, he says, is fighting for its very survival. Nobody would call on the United States to engage in a ceasefire after uh, September 11th, 2001. That said, Lawler thinks civilian casualties need to be avoided as much as possible. Western New York Boys and Girl Scouts are sending medical kits overseas to help Israelis affected by this war. This is something that we can actually do to help right now. This isn't seven degrees of separation for us. Leah Romeo with the Western New York Jewish Committee on Scouting says she knows of dozens of families in the scouting community that are personally impacted by this war. It's a meaningful way to be able to feel like you're helping when you're, you know, so far away from what's going on and you just want to do something rather than just sitting and kind of agonizing and worrying about people to actually be able to know that you're doing something that's going to reach people and give them the help that they need. The scouts plan to ship out those medical supply kits before Thanksgiving. A thousand employees at the University of Rochester Medical Center are on the picket lines today. Service workers and caregivers alike demanding fairer wages and better staffing. Those workers are still going to be on the clock for their regular shifts, but will take to the picket lines during their off hours. A Monroeville, Pennsylvania police officer shot during a high-speed chase over the weekend has just been released from the hospital. Family Life's Brian Query has more on how that chase went down. What started as a police officer attempting to stop a vehicle turned into a nearly 100-mile-per-hour chase through two counties late Friday. 38-year-old Bruce Alvarado fled after an officer attempted to stop a vehicle he was driving and was accused of stealing. Along with a female passenger, Alvarado led police on a chase through dozens of communities until crashing into another vehicle. As officers forced the driver's door open, Alvarado fired multiple shots from a 9mm handgun, striking an officer multiple times. Alvarado is in the Westmoreland County Jail and is charged with attempted homicide and weapons charges. Brian Query, Family Life News. Western New York's queen of frozen custard has died. Greta Anderson and her husband Carl founded Anderson's Frozen Custard in New York City in 1946 and then brought that delicious frozen concoction to Buffalo soon thereafter. Today, there are several Anderson's Frozen Custard locations throughout the Buffalo area. Greta Anderson was 105 years young. And with that, let's switch gears, talk sports on the Family Life Noon Report. Good afternoon, I'm Randy Snavely. Bob, week 10 of the NFL season saw the Cowboys blow out the Giants 49-17. Dak Prescott, 26 of 35 for 404 yards, four touchdowns, and he ran one in too. This one was all Dallas as they raced out to a 28-zip halftime lead. The Giants really had no answer. The G-Men gave up 640 total yards. They are now 2-8 on the season. Last night, the Jets lost a tough one to the Raiders 16-12. New York could not get the ball in the end zone and that really was the difference. Greg Zerline was 4 for 4 on field goal attempts while the Raiders Daniel Carlson was 3 for 3 on his. But Las Vegas's other score was a fourth quarter 7-yard touchdown pass that won the game.
The Steelers snuck past the Packers to pick up a 23-19 win. Also winning, the Colts, Texans, Vikings, Bucks, Niners, Browns, Cardinals, Lions, and Seahawks. To the NBA, the Knicks have now won three in a row, beating up on the Hornets 129-107. R.J. Barrett had 24. Mikel Bridges scored 27 to lead the Nets past the Wizards 102-94. Tyrese Maxey exploded for a career-high 50 points. The Sixers won their eighth in a row, 137-126 over the Pacers. Also winning the Grizzlies, Bulls, Rockets, Mavs, Heat, Thunder, T-Wolves, and Lakers. On the ice, the Rangers, Stars, Panthers, Ducks, and Canucks picked up victories. And I've got to say congratulations to the Haverling Rams girls soccer team from Bath. They won the New York State Championship yesterday with a 1-0 win over Babylon. It is the first state championship for the girls program. That is a look at sports. Way to go, ladies. Thank you very much, Randy. And still to come on the Noon Report, issues in education with Dr. Ralph Kerr, your Thanksgiving week travel forecast. And at the end of the broadcast, Family Life's Greg Gillespie tells us why it's cool to be kind today. Welcome to Breakpoint, a daily look at an ever-changing culture through the lens of unchanging truth. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. An argument that's often cited by propagators of transgender ideology is that ancient cultures across the world recognized so-called third genders, those who did not fit neatly in categories of male or female. And if they recognize that, so goes the argument, so should we. Well, the latest video in our What Would You Say video series engages this claim carefully and refutes it with three simple points. It begins by explaining the roots of this argument. According to advocates of transgender ideology, because so many ancient cultures recognized third genders, we should reject the gender binary, the idea that only two genders exist. And we should reject the notion that gender is essentially linked to one's biological sex. Among the most cited examples of third genders are the Native American two-spirit, Thailand's Katoi, a word regularly translated as ladyboy, the Salzikirim of the ancient Middle East, the Fafine of Samoa, the Hijra of India, and the Mushe of southern Mexico. But if a handful of people throughout all of human history and culture are somehow proof that biological sex is fake, what should we make of the fact that the rest of the world throughout all of human history and culture knew that biological sex was real? To suggest that these cultures' understanding of gender bore any resemblance to today's transgenderism is simply to impose our culture's categories on them. I think the term for this is cultural appropriation. Here's more. The label third gender is an anachronism forced upon people who actually presumed the reality of biological sex, gender roles, and the so-called gender binary. For example, the word fafine used in Samoan culture means in the manner of women. In Samoan culture, a fafine was chosen by his family at a young age to help his mother with household tasks, often because the family had no daughters. This boy was not considered a wife or mother but was assigned responsibilities often performed by women. In other words, the Samoans and similar cultures have never claimed that young boys who might perform stereotypically female duties in the home are actually female. But even if that were their claim, it still leaves open the central question that Matt Walsh dedicated an entire documentary to asking, what is a woman? That unanswered question remains at the heart of a modern contradiction. Like these so-called third genders, modern transgender ideology also relies on the gender binary that it claims to reject. At its root, 
the modern concept that someone can be transgender or born into the wrong body depends heavily on rigid male and female stereotypes. If a little girl likes trucks or short hair or dislikes dresses, well, she must be a boy. If a boy likes pink or dressing up or playing house, he's really a girl. In other words, transgender ideology contradicts itself, promoting the very male and female stereotypes it claims to overcome. A Christian worldview is still big enough to handle the biological realities of the human person, being male and female, while also allowing for and celebrating the beautiful differences and variety that exist in individual men and women. While the roles of males and females look different from one culture to the next, the biological reality that humans are male and female does not change. That's been obvious in every culture until ours, and Genesis tells us why because God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. To see this video and others like it, to use them in classes or conversation and share them online, just go to whatwouldyousay.org. That's whatwouldyousay.org. The Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with Breakpoint. All right, let's take it outside, Kevin Williams. Here is your family life weather forecast for this afternoon. We'll find skies will be partly sunny for most. High temperatures will top in the upper 40s to the middle 50s. Tonight, rather cloudy. Chance for a sprinkle or flurry in parts of New York State and northwest Pennsylvania. Low temps 30s, not as chilly as last night. Tomorrow, clouds and sun. Chance of a sprinkle or flurry in parts of New York State. High temps in the 40s. Milder again Wednesday with sunshine prevailing and high temperatures then well up into the 50s. We'll take it. Thank you, Kevin. This is the Noon Report. I'm your host, Bob Price. Here's what's going on Monday, the 13th of November. Today marks day 38 of the war between Israel and Hamas and a dire situation unfolding at the largest hospital in Gaza. It is without power. Civilian patients are trapped there. Report the World Health Organization says half of the hospitals in Gaza are now out of action. Among the lives at risk, those of a group of premature babies who are, of course, some of the hardest patients to move. The Gazan Health Ministry, which is run by Hamas, says over 11,000 civilians have been killed since the fighting began on October 7th. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. The main difference is, are you deliberately targeting civilians? No. We're deliberately doing everything, everything in our power to target the terrorists. Hamas continues to hold over 200 hostages, including nine Americans. The U.S. military carried out another round of airstrikes overnight against targets in Syria tied to Iran. Eight members of the Iranian Revolutionary Guard were killed in those bombings that struck a safe house and a training facility. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin says the strikes are in direct response to continued attacks against U.S. personnel in Iraq and Syria. Correspondent Gabe Gutierrez says there have been at least 48 attacks against U.S. military bases in Iraq and Syria since the Israeli-Hamas war began. East meets West in San Francisco this week. President Biden has a face-to-face -face with his counterpart from China, Xi Jinping. The two leaders will meet Wednesday at a summit where she is expected to speak to top American business executives. The visit will be Xi's first trip to the U.S. since 2017 when he met with then-President Donald Trump at Mar-a-Lago. She and Biden are expected to talk about a range of topics, including Gaza, 
Taiwan, and Russia. Jim Forbes reporting. A recent CNN poll shows 75% of voters do not believe President Biden has the stamina needed to run for re-election. Democratic strategist David Axelrod admits the president's age is a huge liability. And that's one thing you can't reverse, yeah. no matter how effective Joe Biden is behind the scenes. In front of the camera, what he's projecting is causing people concerns, yeah. and, and that, that's worrisome. On Veterans Day, Biden appeared confused during the annual laying of the wreath at the Tomb of the Unknowns in Arlington National Cemetery. Well, expect some company on the way to Grandma's house for Thanksgiving next week. Yeah, it's next week already. Triple Aces, 55 and a half million of us will travel at least 50 miles from home. That's a 2% increase from last year. Travel experts say the worst time to be on the highways is next Wednesday between the hours of 2 and 6 p.m. A state of emergency has been declared in Los Angeles as a result of a pallet fire that shut down a major highway. This is like a lifeline to getting through uh, between West LA and East LA. Um, so yeah, there's, there's definitely going to be some trouble here. The fire broke out early Saturday at a storage yard underneath a busy freeway. 300,000 commuters are now forced to find a different way to get to where they need to go. What a mess in the city of Angels. You're listening to the Noon Report, a Monday edition on Family Life. Welcome back to another edition of Issues in Education. Mondays during the Noon Report, we spotlight the issues impacting our schools with Dr. Ralph Kerr at the Teaching and Learning Institute. Well, Ralph, you got your wish last week. That ballot initiative on school borrowing passed with flying colors. Why is that a good thing for New York State taxpayers? Well, you know, it's so nice to be on the winning side once in a while. <laughs> good. It was an overwhelming vote, that's for sure, over 60%. Uh, it's good for small cities because, as I've said before, they really need to have the same arrangements in terms of borrowing as all the other school districts, and I'm glad that that worked out. In Pennsylvania, though, it was sort of a mixed bag. There was a pretty good turnout as far as the school board elections were concerned. In Pennsylvania, which is unique as compared to New York, people run as either a Democrat or a Republican, yeah. and in many cases, they run as a Democrat-Republican. i not quite sure how that works, but was a good turnout and mixed results. So depending on the part of the state, Democrats did really well in the big city areas. And then in the rural areas, I think Republicans or the DRs, as they're called, yeah. uh, did fine. So the point is, if you've just been elected to be a school board member in Pennsylvania, I wish you all the best. And uh, if we can be of help at all in any way, feel free to contact us at whyrun.org. And we'll give that website at the end again, uh -huh. Ralph, because that's why you're there to help Christians get involved in public schools, uh, so important. Recently, the New York State Assembly, the Republicans in the Assembly, with the war continuing to rage overseas and all of the anti-Semitism that we're seeing on so many college campuses, they introduced a bill that would require colleges implement anti-Semitic training or lose state funding. Ralph, is this a violation of free speech rights, in your opinion? Well, I think, you know, whenever there's a problem, you have a knee-jerk reaction and you end 
end up saying, well, we ought to have training on this. We ought to have training on that. I guess I'd be more interested in helping people learn that they need a general attitude of caring for everybody, regardless of the situation that they may be in. You know, particularly as Christians, that's what the Bible calls us to do, is to love others. We don't have to love the sin, but we do have to love others. Unfortunately, so many politicians think, you know, if they write a bill, that'll solve the problem. And a lot of times you don't need a law to learn what is right and wrong. Uh, but uh, we'll see. Moving on, uh, Cheektowaga Maryvale School District. I hope I said that right. Maryvale yes, uh, in yep. Western New York. They want reimbursed for the 76 migrant children that were sent there by New York City. The district says they were not given any advance notice of this, Ralph. Do they have an argument here? Bob, you just are taking one really difficult situation <laughs> right after another. Yeah. This is really a tough issue. I had a conversation with a friend of mine within the last week or two about this whole issue of illegal aliens coming into Western New York. And uh, I approached it very carefully because I thought I knew where he was coming from. And it turned out that he surprised me by saying, well, they shouldn't be here in the first place, which I agreed mm. with that. But then he said, but they are here. And now what? Mm. And in this case, that's the $64,000 question. And it, obviously in Cheektowaga, Maryville, there is increased cost. Just think about trying to find language teachers, amongst other things, for these children that have just moved into the district. It is a federal issue. The feds need to take care of the border, and they need to help school districts that are faced with these additional costs as well. And there's more controversy, Ralph, uh, just when you thought it was over, the school milk carton controversy. There is a shortage. How did this milk carton shortage begin, Ralph, and how bad is it? Well, it is pretty bad. What happened as part of going back a ways to the supply chain issues and then compounding the issues is some uh, manufacturers of these little containers ended up consolidating their plants, which negatively impacted their production. And so all of a sudden, they've ended up with this uh, shortage. You know, in the, particularly in the rural areas, there are days specifically designated for bring your tractor to school. You may <laughs> have seen pictures of yeah. kids driving their tractors. I think a solution is bring your cow to school. Uh, show the kids how to milk them and enjoy yourselves that, really well. That is that old two birds, one stone kind of thing. Uh, fix it there a problem. Uh, and, uh, you know, I didn't have to worry about that growing up on a farm. I could just go home and the cows were there. Uh, I there got all go. the milk I needed there. But, uh, hey, we've been a lot of places. Ralph, if you want to learn more about maybe those school board votes in Pennsylvania or that ballot initiative that passed last week in New York. You have a wonderful website where folks can go and check you out. What is it, Ralph? Thank you, Bob. Uh, it's just simply whyrun.org, whyrun.org. All right, Ralph, thank you. Issues in Education comes your way Mondays during the Noon Report or online anytime, familylife.org. A very good afternoon to all. Here is your Family Life weather forecast, the regional view. Well, the day started on a frosty cold note. Temperatures dipped into the teens in parts of central Pennsylvania and east central New York. But they're recovering now in a comfortable afternoon is ahead. The expectation is there'll be a little cold front coming through tonight with a shower or flurry. Back to some chilly air tomorrow before warmer air moves back in later this week. For this afternoon, we'll find skies will be partly sunny for most. High temperatures will top in the upper 40s to the middle 50s. Tonight, rather cloudy. Chance for a sprinkle or flurry in parts of New York State and northwest Pennsylvania. Low temps, 30s. Not as chilly as last night. Tomorrow, clouds, some sun. 
chance of a sprinkle or flurry in parts of New York State. High temps in the 40s, milder again Wednesday with sunshine prevailing and high temperatures then well up into the 50s. All right, November thaw. Thank you, Kevin. And finally at noon, it is cool to be kind. And today's the day to demonstrate that kindness to all those around us. Here's Family Life's Greg Gillespie. Today is World Kindness Day, and the federation that organizes the celebration says there are many ways to do it. Share a compliment with someone around you. Reach out to a family member you haven't spoken to in a while and go slightly outside of your comfort zone to make someone smile. Also, they say, treat yourself to kindness. That's something we don't do often enough. World Kindness Day was started by a parents group in Australia 13 years ago. Greg Gillespie, Family Life News. Awesome stuff. Thank you, Greg. And I'll leave you with a quote from the great poet Ralph Waldo Emerson, who said, You cannot do kindness too soon, for you never know how soon it will be too late. So... Be kind, especially today. And that's the world we live in, Monday, the 13th of November. I'm Bob Price, Family Life News. You've been listening to the Noon Report, heard weekdays on Family Life. Thank you for listening.